The Rufus Project would like to advise the following podcast contains spoilers for Battlefield Earth from 2000. If you do not wish to have this movie spoiled, please watch it before listening to the following podcast. Is it a case of an actor battling to break his stereotype, or is it just a battle to watch it? We watched Battlefield Earth from 2000 to see if we could redeem it. Were we successful? Find out after the theme! So that it's good, what's it? Maybe do you think we should? Got bad I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Hello and welcome to the Rufus Project Redeeming Features cast, this time looking at Battlefield Earth from 2000. I am Trevor Holland, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host... Christian Fletcher. Thank you, Trevor, for having me back. And um, it's not very often I get my name mentioned with such a with, with such these random um, selection of um, movies, but I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I almost went to give away a bit of stuff about this movie, but don't want to get ahead of myself. So thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah, all, all good, all good. It's good to have you along, which means I don't have to watch these movies by myself, which would be <laughs> um, a mixed blessing at times. Uh, and uh, I, look, look, I, I, I will be quite honest. I'm not too sure how much of my feelings I can keep out of the general chat, but we'll see how we go. Oh, I'm, I'm detecting a bit oh. of um, bit of hostility there, Trevor. But again, maybe the spoilers oh, are possibly no. in your feelings. Oh. <laughs> But um, oh, so let's just say um, I think after the the three hour um extended edition of Batman vs Superman, I kind of had a little bit on my side that I had to I had to do my end of the bargain. Let's just say so. But without saying too much, we should launch into Battlefield Earth, a film which. Honestly, it would, Christian Fletcher would never normally suggest, so I, I thought it was a glaringly obvious, um, so bad it's good. I, I don't like using that, that moniker too much, but um, yeah, it's one of those films that I thought, oh, I can't believe we haven't looked at that in the, in the amount of series we've done of The Rufus Project, so here it is. Here it is. So uh, for those who haven't seen Battlefield Earth, I've got a little, a little synopsis here for you. The security chief for the alien Cyclos, who have conquered the Earth, decides to use human slaves to mine for gold. But a young man decides to challenge Cyclo's domination. Whoa. <laughs> Possibly one of those cases where a plot summary sounds better than the movie itself? I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we shall... S- well, uh, what we'll do, we'll have a look at, uh, at its, uh, its awards and nominations first. Probably no surprises as to which award ceremony these relate to. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, it, it did receive a couple of nominations for the Razzies, uh, Worst Supporting Actor for Forrest Whitaker, and uh, John Travolta actually got nominated as Worst Actor of the Decade uh, <laughs> for this and a few other movies that he did. Now, award-wise, uh, the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards had a good one. It had the Worst On-Screen Couple for John Travolta and anyone else in the galaxy. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it got the nod for the least special special effects as well. Uh, but uh, but aside from the two I mentioned before, basically it swept the Razzies in almost every category. It's a huge list. Uh, it also got named by the Razzies as the worst picture of the decade and... The worst drama of the Razzies' first 25 years. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Even saying a drama is a bit far-fetched, but yes. I um, I did a bit of research too, Trevor, and I was quite surprised at how big the um, awards section was, but they weren't necessarily accolades. <laughs> oh, well, it got its recognition in that respect. But now this is... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, was it as, uh, I, I believe it wouldn't have won any good awards. I don't know. <laughs> No, no serious award ceremonies touch this movie at all. Uh, it's kind of not surprising, but anyway. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, so what we'll do is from the awards, we'll move on to our turkey trivia. So we talk uh, a bit of turkey about the potential turkey and, and, and some of the trivia surrounding it. Uh, so first up, some uh, some facts and figures for you. 
this movie is rated a huge 2.4 out of 10 on IMDb. It had a budget of $73 million, but I will be coming back to that in the trivia. <laughs> and it made a, a worldwide box office was about $30 million. Ooh, and as we always say, it's usually double when you're, <laughs> when you're with the making of the film, so that is a real considerable drop. And I, I think um, I, I read a quote um, on Wikipedia of all places, but I read a quote from John Travolta saying, oh, I, I'm sure by the time it came out on DVD and, and pay-per-view, we made our money back, but John, I don't think so. Well, well considering something I'm going to get to in a moment, I highly doubt <laughs> that, but uh, I'll, I'll save that for a bit. Um now, back to the Razzies, one of the ones that did win was Worst Supporting Actor for Barry Pepper, and he said that had he known he was going to win that prize, he would have shown up in person to accept the Razzie. So, good attitude. Yeah, and a lot of things, it's, be, it's becoming a lot more common too. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the film cinematographer has gone on record in saying that the overuse of colour filters and Dutch angles wasn't his idea, and that he was given the smallest lighting budget he had ever worked with. God. In a $73 million... Yeah, the rest was got, went to um, John Travolta's boots, probably. <laughs> or that really big hairdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, one of the main investors in the movie, Entertainment, sued Franchise Pictures for fraud. Franchise claimed the budget was $75 million instead of an actual budget of $44 million. Franchise was ordered by the court to pay entertainment $121.7 million in damages, and then they went bankrupt. The only reason entertainment financed this film is because it became it came as a package deal along with The Art of War and The Whole Nine Yards, both from 2000 as well. So there you go. Oh, gosh. And I, I think it's one of those things, only through contracts would you have to be made to make this movie. <laughs> gosh. But, um, now, I, I believe it's based on, uh, look, I'm yeah. not being up to date on my modern sci-fi movies, but um, I believe it's based on a book, and this was the first half of that book, so I think there was ideas for it to be a, a series. Mm-hmm. And apparently also, uh, it was meant to be a sequel, and apparently John Travolta also saw a animated series coming out of it, but neither of those oh, things gosh. happened. Well, no doubt he would like to voice the character, but anyway. <laughs> but he also, I, I, I yep. noticed his um, name coming from the credits uh, a lot, he also co-produced it. So you you do got a, you did get a feeling that it was very much a vanity project for a, for a star. So, I um, yeah, I, and I know um, there's also the references to Scientology, which I sort of, you know, not knowing much about Scientology, I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the, the thing is, but I think, I believe they may have paid for some of the film. I think that sort of came into it a bit, but um, you've actually uh, touched on the next point that I raised, that I got here, and it's probably the main thing I'm just going to mention about the whole Scientology side of things. Uh, there are similarities between what happens to Turl in L. Ron Hubbard's Battlefield Earth and the imprisonment of Xenu that members of the Hubbard's religion of Scientology are taught about when they reach level OT3. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, <laughs> You've lost yeah. me. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know what all that means, but I think what happens to uh, Chandra Volta at the end is probably what happens to whatever the... Big yeah, bad is so, Scientology, so there you go. And and the film, yes, the, the film indeed only covers the first half of our Ron Hubbard's. Oh gosh, I think book. it's. I, I think even though it flopped, I think it's good that they still didn't even try and make a second movie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently John Travolta still defends it and uh, said that if anyone did try to remake it, he'd be on. Of course, board. he would be. I don't know. And I'm, I'm noticing a bit of a trend here with John Travolta coming up in the Redeeming Features podcast. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe not the best movie choices. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, no. Well, the thing is, like, you know, like him and, and like even Forrest Whitaker and, and a number of people in this movie have been known for doing good movies and doing good things. So it's like, what did you do? <laughs> anyway, I might be getting ahead of myself. Yes, exactly. I think our thought. I think our thoughts about this movie are coming through very early. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I can even <laughs> pretend. But anyway, we shall see how we go, and we shall start as we do because this is the redeeming features cast, despite what may it may appear at the moment. And we do start with a baseline, something to work off. So what I do is I, is I go to Amazon and I check out the reviews, and I find something at the bottom end of the scale 
to sort of like uh, see what we're going from. The title of this movie is simply an excruciatingly bad movie. I almost felt pain at watching this. I had heard stories, but nothing prepares you for the horror of how bad this movie actually is. John Travolta, Forrest Whitaker, Barry Pepper, all good to very good actors in a stink bomb of a movie. At least Plan 9 from Outer Space was so bad it was funny. (laughs) One star. Well, (laughs) that could speak for a lot of people, that review. But anyway, so, gosh, I really really hate to think that there's probably one on the other end of the scale, but we'll speak to that at at the end. (laughs) Yes, yes, we we shall work towards that. And, Christian, as you intimated before, um, (laughs) after I made you watch a three-hour epic superhero movie, uh, this coming at under two hours, I started watching it thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not too annoyed at Christian for picking this one. <laughs> and at least then, not um, yet. But then uh, one thing that kind of made a good one realise this to the end, but thankfully there's eight minutes of end credits, so it, it kind of wasn't as bad, but still having to sit all the way through that as well. But <laughs> I don't know if it was also the um, version, you mentioned all the companies that produced it, I don't know if it was the version of the movie that I had, but so it was one of those jokes almost where they had so many company logos come up before the movie started. <laughs> and uh, I... I think that all right, that rang alarm bells for me already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, all the all those uh, titles and all those different production companies, and then uh, the lovely lime green um, expositional piece, you know, yay reading at the start of the movie. That's always a good sign when they basically just have to uh, put up a, <laughs> to bring a you up wall to speed. of text. <laughs> to tell you what's going on before the movie even starts. It's like a... <laughs> hey, nowadays they just do an origin movie. <laughs> this gets around it anyway. But I know what you mean. Talk about the lime green. I almost got straight into sort of... And this is what I felt with a lot of this movie too, that real sort of 80s retro sci-fi feel. It was like they were trying to go that sort of um, feeling rather than a contemporary um, science fiction good film. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's sort of fit with the aesthetic of the movie. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, they 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 do this whole spiel about you know how it's the future and it's one thousand years in the future and it's the year three thousand and then of course it cuts to uh, that incredibly original setting of having humans in the future as post-apocalyptic primitives living in like yeah, I haven't seen that before. Stuff. It's like yeah, yeah, never seen that before. And and, and then and then you get to the village. And they've all got different accents. Like, you know, you've got this this older guy with his British accent, and in comes the, yeah, the, exactly. the love interest. I assume she's a love interest, not that you see much love uh, in the movie. And she's got the, the, the big American accent. And it's like, nobody, and even amongst the aliens, they've all got different accents and, and stuff like that. You're thinking, okay, where where are they meant to be exactly? I know. And if you've all come from all over the place, how have you ended up here in this, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, I had a lot of questions from the opening, and, and we were suddenly thrown into this, as you said, yeah. post-apocalyptic Mad Max world where they they live in these caves and are scared of these monsters, apparently, which we um, we find out afterwards aren't quite as scary as possibly what they were thinking. <laughs> but I, I do like when, when the main character, uh, Johnny, and the main character's hair, which I think was a character in itself. He's silky oh long, long arms. Yeah. Uh, but when, when he comes back and he's been out and he's gotten medicine for his father and he finds out that his father's died and and we get our first really over-the-top reaction shot, which um, there are a few of in this movie. And I'm thinking, <laughs> did, did, did he actually just throw the medicine in a fit of rage? It's not like... like he, he's gone and got medicine for his father's now dead. Could there be nobody else that could have benefited from the medicine that he just threw away in a fit of rage? I mean, seriously, <laughs> you're a dick. You're a dick. <laughs> I think all he cares about is how nice his hair looks, because honestly, the whole way through, I felt that he was throwing his plat around like he was in a shampoo commercial. <laughs> but anyway. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that, that, I think that hair is, is that hair pretty much needs its own credit. I, I think it's up there with Michael Madsen's mullet from Blood Rain. You know, it's just <laughs> it has a life of its own. Well, maybe he felt that they had to um, try and get something on a par with John Travolta's Do, which we um, were, were sort of waiting to see. And I must admit, knowing the um, I suppose the infamy surrounding this movie, I just was just like, hurry up and show us John Travolta. I, I need a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> But even before we get to that, I mean, oh, one thing, like, straight from the word 
word go. It's like no one seemed to be able to set the camera at a level angle. Everything was like at that, that Dutch angle, uh, you know, always made infamous from the old Batman TV show where they, they would tilt the camera in a fight scene. And that's fine for, for every now and then for effect, but seriously, everything in this movie from the, the quarry that they made extensive use of at the start of the movie as, as a major part of their scenery, right throughout the movie, I don't think I saw a straight level shot anywhere in this entire thing. It really started getting to me after a while. It's put the camera on a fat surface! Ah! <laughs> And when I see things like that, I always think that it's it's limitations in the set or that they're just trying to get around the fact that they haven't got a full set for that particular scene. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It's almost this kind of editing that it doesn't, yeah, all these angles just, just don't, you don't feel you're getting into the story. And as a result, it just, yeah, you find it really hard to relate to it. Not that this movie is one that you're supposed to relate too much at all. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I can't believe five minutes in, Trevor, and I'm already looking at my watch going, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> and, and hoping that the ride goes much quicker than, I'm, than the two hours that is ahead of me. But sorry, continue. No, that's fine. I, I, I deliberately put my watch to one side. I decided I wasn't going to try to keep track of the time in this, at least not for a while. I'll get to, the, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. But... You know, even the opening just seemed to drag out so much as, as Johnny goes out looking for, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a better place for his tribe to live or whatever. He's looking for food and he comes across the beast in the forest or whatever and it turns out to be a styrofoam dinosaur in a... Uh, you know, ruined putt putt course. And, and he's walking, walking through all the different, um, the huge, you know, of course, the huge golf ball, which gives us just, just to remind us that it's a putt putt thing. And then, and I was like, he believes they're all gods, or I think, no, the other guys he stumbles on thinks they're all gods. And, and he's like, no, I've just pretty much destroyed it and it was styrofoam. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, the, the other guys that turn up who basically say that they, they think that the statues are uh, uh, gods that were punished or something, which I got to admit was was kind of interesting when you're looking at post-apocalyptic mythology. I, that that was probably one bit I just went, you know, that's that's uh, a cool that way to make sense. I, actually, I, I will give it this one. Yeah, give us that one. You know, I, was, I thought the same too. Yeah, I will give the. I, will give I this even one thought thing. I like that bit where they went in, they saw all the mannequins, and they're like, oh, they're the ones that must have really, <laughs> really annoyed the gods, and you know, because they're all, you know. <laughs> pretty much missing everything but i um yeah I, I liked the way i even i thought it was funny how they're even like oh there's a, you know just follow those golden arches i'm like oh gosh it's not mac and me but anyway yeah, it was clever that use as you said that um that kind of post-apocalyptic mythology and yeah it was a cool way of looking especially when they believed that guy that was um trapped in the statue and and you, you step back and it ends up being i don't know a guy with a, a wrench or something in his hand it obviously it was an auto auto mascot or something like that yeah, something like that. But then, yeah, and and then they go down to the cave, and it's a, a shopping mall um, where where uh, we first get to meet uh, one of the cyclos that just comes marching through to round them up. But I'm I'm thinking like there's been no sign of his horse for ages, and then as he's being chased, he he whistles for the horse, and the horse comes running down this corridor. He'd already, I'm pretty sure he'd already jumped down a few levels at that point. So I'm thinking. Where exactly was the horse this entire time? Did it just wander down a couple of levels by itself, just so it could then be shot, but not killed by uh, by the uh, the cyclo that was. It, just, it was it's funny because it, it reminded it reminds so much of the Brennan story where they send him off at the start. It was this a tray you get sent off at the start on the, on his horse on a quest. But yes, we're in a bit different territory here. But yeah, I was thinking at first that it was um yeah we were because I think. John Travolta's not the first one that shoots him, but we end up seeing him in that scene. I can't remember. I always thought I thought he was the guy shooting at them, but no, I don't think he he was. We didn't really get a good look at his face. So I think we just kind of like a bit of a tease. You know? <laughs> Is this John Travolta yet? Is this John Travolta yet? Oh, when's John Travolta turning up? As if that was something which was worth uh, worth uh, building suspense over. But when when they finally uh, do shoot Johnny. And he goes collapsing through all the glass panes, almost like an exact second-for-second second remake of that uh, rather memorable oh, scene from yes. Blade Runner. 
where <laughs> where one of the one of the uh, replicants gets shot and gets goes through all the gloves. I was thinking, you ripped off Blade Runner. You completely ripped off Blade Runner. You, you got Scientology money behind you, <laughs> and you rip off Blade Runner. And when it comes to when the ship being taken off to to the to mm. the, the bad guy's base or whatever it was, their, their dome, I looked at him thinking he went through what half a dozen panes of glass, and he's only got <laughs> one small cut on his face. That's it. And his hair, his hair is, is you know, completely... Oh, of course, that, would just, that just um, flows in the breeze, like a shampoo ad. But, but that's, that shot really annoyed me when he came to, when you were seeing him looking down, yeah, coming, um, being lifted up by the spaceship. He just looked, one of those shots that was just so fake looking, and I don't know if it was something to do. I think it must be this movie, because surely, surely there was a lot of technology still in 2000 that could have made a lot of these scenes look better. And um, that, that was one of those ones where I went, ooh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, because like I, I didn't look at the budget until this morning, and when I saw seventy-three million dollars, the first thing I thought was how. Yeah, but then exactly. I found out how because fraud, <laughs> because there's no way seventy-three million dollars was spent on this movie. Well, considering you said the lighting budget being quite small, because yeah, when you think about it, it is quite a dark movie, so that that would have made sense. But but anyway, we end up at the. I kind of like the idea of this the human processing center that they take him to. You know, it's kind of you know essentially a jail, but the whole idea that they um yeah they're pretty much captives there, and yeah, I like that idea, and I think that's actually where we meet John Travolta for the first time as our head of security, a, a role I didn't think it was going to be. I thought that the character John Travolta play would be almost a, um, I don't know, a, a killing sort of role, not the head of security, but anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's basically implied that the aliens have been, uh, have been subduing humans for the better part, like almost a thousand years. So I'm thinking, you know, Johnny turns up, Immediately manages to break free the free from them, grab a gun and shoot one of them. It's like an how how can these guys never have dealt with a rebellious human before? Because it's an ongoing theme, like through the whole processing and everything of Johnny. He everything he does, he he fights back. And the aliens who seem to have no concept of the idea that anyone could fight back. It's just like how how is that even possible? And, and you're going from alien to alien, and they're all like lumpy faces, and they almost oh, like, yeah. um, if you've seen Star Trek, the Klingons, that's what they really reminded me of. Uh, again. Uh, but then out comes John Travolta, and he's got the, he's got the, the dreadlock hair like they all do, and he's got facial hair. But like, he's the only one that actually has like a smooth face. Everybody else is all lumpy and bumpy and, but even between them, there's like no consistency between the looks of these aliens. And again, oh. <laughs> accents from all over the world. <laughs> And that's the thing, it's like John Travolta, it's like, oh, we, we, you know, we're doing a John Travolta movie, we've got to be able to see it's actually him, you know, whereas we look at movies like, um, I don't know, Planet of the Apes with Tim Burton, where they still, you know, still covered up like, you know, Helena Bonham Carter and a few other things, but it was almost like the equivalent as if, if they'd made that movie and not even made her look like an ape, it's sort of that thing, but I, um, I actually thought that it would be more like, I, I don't know if it's from the DVD case, but I thought his face would be more green and, uh, and his eyes be more sort of green and contacts and stuff, but it was very much just as you said, a, a shaven, I mean, sorry, an unshaven face with just some pretty ugly looking teeth, really. So we knew it was John Travolta. Yeah, they, they didn't do much to, to do that. And um, all didn't take, didn't take long in setting up that, that John Travolta was someone that even the aliens didn't trust. Uh, like, again, another thing that happened a few times in the movie when He's being told that he's not getting his transfer off Earth because he considers it's a, it's a terrible place to be. And they're talking to him. And then they, they make the statement at him and it just cuts to his face while the statement echoes and echoes and echoes. It's like nothing, it's nothing particularly different from what was already being said. It, it was all the same scene of saying, no, you're not going back home. You're staying on this planet for as many cycles as you need to stay on this planet. And it's just basically another line. It's just like another statement oh. along those exact same lines. For some it reason, something like, it um, needs to be echoed for extra emphasis. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think it was something like, um, oh, you, you, we'll, we'll work out these options or something like that. Because I remember it going, these options, these options, options over and over again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then you find out afterwards, 
it was all because he apparently slept with some senator's daughter or something back on Planet Cyclo. Yeah, it's like, wouldn't that actually have been like a better thing as a, as a reveal, as a dramatic reveal to hammer home about why the aliens don't trust John Travolta uh, than just basically saying, <laughs> we're looking at your option, option. And that's, well, that's another thing about this um, movie. Of course, we've, we've mentioned so many areas where it's it's bad, but another thing is definitely the script as well. Like, I um, I felt we were going almost into Batman and was it Batman and Robin? Yeah, Batman and Robin territory with Mister Freeze and his one-liners. You know, I, I I felt that a lot of it was just John Travolta coming out with something like that. Like, I think in the first time we see him, he says something like, "Well, I'll be damned" or something like that. And I was half expecting John Travolta to come out with just. I don't know, just kind of voice like this as his character and not this guy who was, I don't know, acting in a Victorian drama or something. <laughs> it was not the voice I was expecting. Yeah, well, considering... I think John Travolta had been trying to get this made for a number of years. Like, he he originally... Uh, I remember reading he originally wanted to play the good guy Johnny. He wanted to be the human. But by the time he actually managed to get it made, he was too old to play that character, which is why he ended up being... um. Pearl, I think it is, um, the head of alien security instead. Yeah, I'm going to say, I was going to say, what's their names? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, just, uh, I mean, through my notes, I've just got him referred to as John, but then I realise, because I, I can't remember the actor that plays Johnny, so I've got him referred to as Johnny, so it's if I keep referring to them that way, it's going to get a bit confusing. <laughs> hey, this, it's part of the movie. Hey, but but uh, it's funny how you mentioned before about the um, yeah, that that never had you know the, the thought that they never had a rebellious um, human before. But I thought it was unusual that they kept referring to them. Well, it was, it was funny they kept referring to them as the man animals. But the whole idea that for all this time they think that they're that stupid that they can't actually come up with their own, they can't revolt or, or you know use technology or, or learn these languages. Whereas you know you you think it would be something that they've yet <laughs> dealt with before. But no, Johnny has to come along and... That's not John Travolta, the other Johnny. Johnny has to come along and um, change all that. Even to the point where uh, when he gets locked up with the other humans and there's there's one there that's uh, that's like the boss and you're saying, no, we eat first and then you guys get the scraps and he ends up in the, in the big fight scene because he's going, no, whoa, that's not going to be the case. And, uh, you know spares the guy his life and then gets everyone on his side by by being nice and saying we all get to eat at the same time and before offering the first handful to this guy that was going to have the first bite anyway Yeah, I know. And it's like, okay, I understand they're in prison. <laughs> I understand they're in prison and the food's not so nice, but yeah, that, that whole handing out just slop out of his hand was just, yeah, so unappealing. <laughs> oh, God. And um, actually, I think I mentioned like, like no one, no one trusted uh, John Travolta amongst the aliens, but uh, it doesn't take long before you realise like none of the aliens trust any body like they all distrust each other and everyone's like you know trying to backstab everybody else so they can get a leg up with the corporation back home how can how can a race like this ever you know have a chance of taking over a planet they never agree on anything how can they be running the place oh i know they can't even agree to have the same accent (laughs) yeah or or a consistent or a consistent facial appearance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, oh, and um, they just seem. Uh, I'm probably oh, but yeah, there's just so many things. Sorry, I can't even remember what the order is. But uh, I, and it seemed like um, there was a lot of references to them, you know, like uh, foraging for food and finding these rats and things like that. But it seemed like the moment that like there's some like rats referred to in this movie the entire time. But it then seemed like every line John Travolta had to call him um, Rat Brain in just about every reference to Johnny, and it just became, uh, yeah, it just, again, I was talking about the script being not the best, and, and that's one of those examples. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, when, um, when like, Johnny gets so rebellious that they finally decide to do something about him, and, and I think in this dome it's got, like, the atmosphere of, of the alien's home planet as opposed to um, Earth's atmosphere, so instead of just shooting Johnny and being done with it. They, they decide to take out his breathing apparatus, so he slowly, slowly evixiates, which of course gives them the perfect chance to actually give him enough time to, to find a way to escape. And he dives and the sewers, he's crawling through sewer pipes, and he's running along sewer things and just, you know, 
crawling through mud until he gets stopped by the security grate. And yet, his face is perfectly clean and that hair is pristine. <laughs> you can tell a well woman. Oh. <laughs> Silky smooth. Oh, God. Trevor, do we, need, we need sponsorship for moments like this so that we can refer to these products. But, yeah, I definitely think he, uh, he, what is he, he had the salon selective. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I just, as I said earlier, I think it was him just trying to compete with that hairdo that John Travolta had going on, which was almost this science fiction Rastafarian <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, like oh, during the whole escape scene too, there's a there's one bit where he's uh, running along the sewer tunnel, and again the camera's at an angle and is having him run through in slow motion, and these hairs bouncing around his head. It's like, what is this? Why are you showing me this shot? What is the point of showing me this? We already know he's on the run. We already know that they were trying to kill him. What's this adding? Is this adding anything? It's just a stupid angle of a guy with perfect hair running along a tunnel. Yay! Yeah, I, I'm having a feeling now that maybe maybe they were sponsored by a company that said you must show him turning his hair. I think it was earlier when he's um when he's kind of foraging with his um buddies. There was a lot of shots where he'd turn and face them. Oh, that's right. When he was going to do that jump over the um over the ravine or the big valley. And, um, yeah, he kept turning his hair facing them and back again and then the hair again. And I was like, dude, my gosh. But, um, but I don't know if it was around this part, but I did, I did, you know, yeah, doing that sort of thing or always that panic look on his face and then look back again and then back again. Um, but, uh, we mentioned earlier, you know, liking a couple of little things like the, the whole, um, I don't know, the, the statues as being um, gods and things like that. But I did kind of like that John Travolta, after being told that he has to stay there for 50 cycles or whatever it was, he, how he went and drowned his sorrows in that space bar. I, I like kind of cool things like that where it's still sort of human <laughs> human things kind of in a spacey world. But, yeah, I thought that was cool. He's just, and I think, he, I think that was the scene where he goes, oh, yeah, just going to pick up and take this again, that green, fluoro green liquid, which reminded me a bit of Reanimator or something. But um, I think that's when he goes, yeah, again, these witty one-liners where he'll, you know, he'll go to take the thing and he's like, um, you know, put it on my tab. You don't have a tab. We'll start one. And a, a good example of the sort of dialogue that John Travolta spurts out the whole way. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose John Travolta, this movie being his baby, he wanted to have the best lines and um, show himself. And, like, you know, he's always uh, doing stuff so he can backstab his sidekick, red-locked Forrest Whitaker with the lumpy face. <laughs> as, as his as his offsider in the security section. Oh god, why? Cause like, Forrest Whitaker was like, even as an alien, you could tell that he was far beefier and far tougher than than John Travolta's character. So at any point, he could have just like got him by the back of his head and slammed him into a wall. I think, why don't you? Just this guy is backstabbing you at every opportunity, and yet you're still. You're still following his orders. Why? Why? It makes no sense. <laughs> and it's well talking about Forrest Whitaker though. I, I, I sort of got the feeling that because whilst um, John Travolta was so almost ridiculous to watch in some in some respects, he was taking it so seriously. Forrest Whitaker, I think, almost felt almost was in on the joke. Like he seemed like he was having a bit of fun with it, which is only what you can do with, with material like this. But um, that's one thing I did notice about his performance. I mean, seriously, like, I don't think John Travolta's decisions at any point in this movie made sense. Like, you know, he, he takes the most rebellious human ever exist, whoever existed, who's uh, already starting to inspire the other ones, and then goes and, and, and takes him to a library and shows him all the old earth knowledge with a super ham-fisted thing of, of Johnny reading the Declaration of Independence. God bless America! Uh, he, he he straps into a machine which gives him like gives him full knowledge of uh, of the aliens um the aliens language and the um and, and you know mathematical knowledge and all this stuff like everything that any person who's going to rebel against them could use to great advantage teaches him how to fly the bloody space the the, the alien spaceships and everything it's like what are you doing? This guy is showing that he's going to do everything he can to get away from you guys and try to beat you guys, and you're giving him absolutely everything he needs. What is... Uh, you make no sense. 
<laughs> you realize they're just building up to some You're kind of climax. You're a terrible at the security end. chief. Oh yeah, he <laughs> I know. And as you said, all of his yeah. plans backfire, and you're like, yeah, gee, this isn't going to be used in the later half of the movie as a way for Johnny to take over <laughs> or revolt. So yeah, it's it's really well, a lot of the movie just being quite obvious <laughs> in that respect. Yeah, I think I think I got got the really good idea about just how bad of a security chief he was when they're trying to work out his password to his vault. And, and they work out that it's just like, um, like his ID number backwards. <laughs> and they just they put it in the front way and then go, oh, that's wrong. Let's try it backwards. Oh, next thing the door opens. Yeah, we haven't got time to waste on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good way of, uh, of cracking an eight digit key code. <laughs> Oh, I even like I don't know if this is a bit later. I'm sorry. Now I'm just rambling about funny things that I remember seeing. Is that, is that part where George Travolta hits his head on the ceiling and he again comes out with something like, "Oh, we need to fix that," and that becomes a way for the um, for the humans then to come into the room and, and start doing that sort of stuff. But um, again, it was like he was trying to do it comedically. Like he, as I said, I just felt like he was trying to play Mister Freeze or whatever <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin, but. And, and saying these funny things, but anyway, um, and then it became it got to a stage too. I mentioned the rat brain thing yeah, before. Only had the personality of Mr. Freeman. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, and I um, mean, he, he, he probably got paid about as much as Arnold Schwarzenegger did too. <laughs> That's where the budget went. But um, that we mentioned the rat brain thing earlier. But he um, he then started to get obsessed with <laughs> threatening to vaporize everyone at every opportunity. That then became his obsession. I noticed. Yeah, or uh, or, or when he manages because when uh, when. When the horse makes it back to uh, back to the quarry set, and uh, Johnny's girlfriend goes off to rescue him, and we don't see her again until John Travolta pulls her out of the flying ship with like an explosive collar around her neck, just saying, "Yep, I'll blow her head off if you don't do what I say." Ha 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 ha! Oh, his uh. laugh. We haven't even mentioned his laugh. Let's not mention his laugh again. That laugh was terrible. Ha 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 ha! Again, uh, he was just playing. Uh, he was trying to play. He, he, was, he picked up a book away. about how to play a villain 101 and done, and tried to do it like that, I think. But again, if it even had a voice that was a bit more sort of authoritative, I, I would have given the character probably a little bit more respect. But the fact that it was just John Travolta's voice coming out of this this weird alien thing was just, yeah, I, I couldn't get around it. That's what, yeah, I, I just remember there was, there was another bit, I think, where, I think around that time when, when, um, when the girl comes out with the collar on and potentially, or maybe an earlier, but John Travolta says something to Johnny and then it just echoes in Johnny's head. They do like a repeat oh. of the, of the uh, statement echoing for like about five <laughs> times. And again, it's nothing particularly over the top, nothing different from what's being said, nothing that stands out. It's just some point that they decide to make them go, oh, this thing happened, and then you'll be trapped forever. As you wish. <laughs> yeah, why? That's, oh, that's the thing I thought was funny. We were talking about how um, he was taught this language from John Travolta or through this machine. But what I found unusual is because he – I don't know if this was a technique, but because he was knowing what they were saying – we as the audience were hearing I can't explain it but it was trans, it was almost it was translating it automatically for us so what we were hearing was a totally different voice to what he actually had or something oh my god I'm, I'm confusing myself with what, <laughs> what I'm trying to say but, um, but yeah it's um, I, I think a lot of times it was them sort of doing that transition from um, gobbledygook to um, to English but I don't really know I honestly think I was watching something that was in a totally another language <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to say, like, it's around this point that I finally thought, how long have you been watching this movie? And I paused it, and uh, Susie, who was watching it with me at the time, and I both said in unison, you're kidding, because we were, like, only at an hour mark? At this point, it had already felt longer than <laughs> Batman v Superman. <laughs> and uh, that's when Susie fled, and I just went, I've only been watching this for a f- hour? <laughs> We've gone through all that. And Christian, I've got to say right now, which is got to, probably going to give away what I'm going to say at the end, but it was it was so hard to press play again. I was so tempted to just go, it. I'm done. But no, no. I, I, I then went back yeah, for the I, remaining I, 50 minutes. Yeah, I've, got to, I've got to watch this. Otherwise I'm... I too was wondering how they were going to fill out the rest of the movie. But as I said, eight minutes was in credits, but still, <laughs> we've got 40 something that's unaccounted for. But yeah, it, 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 well, the second half pretty much did become just a whole series of fight scenes with at a low oh, angle, of course. <laughs> yeah, like the second half, like, you know, John Travolta's 
taught Johnny everything he could possibly need to know to be able to escape. And uh, he sets these these humans down to to mine this gold or whatever, and says, you know, I'll be watching you. I'll be back and expect to have this gold when I get back, but I'll be watching you. Yet didn't notice when half the humans went and took one of the alien ships <laughs> and went off flying around the countryside, just finding things like Fort Knox and finding an old airbase and finding a nuclear bomb. And it's like, you are a terrible villain, a terrible security guy, and you make no sense. You did. How could you not notice that one of the ships was missing? If you were monitoring these guys the entire oh, time, I know. And, and the talk, but talk about ah! them finding all those things. It's cool how they just easily stumbled on all this stuff, and and then they're in that other library or where they where ends up that um, overhead projector ends up popping on, and I'm like, oh, how convenient! That tells you how to make this nuclear bomb or where to find it or something. And I thought, oh gosh, you know, I, I thought wouldn't that be something that yeah. the projector would possibly not be working anymore, <laughs> or the security guy would have made sure we didn't lose something yeah, around the- <laughs> for humans to see. <laughs> yeah, they're going through these big books desperately searching for Appendix A, and the guy just happens to flick a switch on a projector and projects Appendix A on the screen behind them. And, and, and they find like a flight simulator, and, and Johnny starts putting these people in the flight simulator. Again, like this is over a total of, um, I think, I think they were given a 15 day time limit for, for when, uh, when John Travolta was going to return. So they, they get a lot done, and uh, as well as managing to, to get all this gold from Fort Knox to put it in the back of the thing to make it look like they've been mining. <laughs> gold bars, of course. Not, not raw gold, <laughs> yeah, gold that bar. you would mine from, from the earth. Just actual gold bars, all refined and... But but again, it's it, 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 saying something about the security of John Travolta. He he, he just think he, he, I think he even turns to Johnny and goes, "Why are they in the? Why are they in bars? You know? Oh, we thought we'd do that for you. Oh, melt them down, will you?" And it's like, dude, they're not. Oh, yeah, it's, they're not the thing that you think that you think they are. <laughs> it's like it, it just says something like saying, "Oh well, if you had enough time to also smelt them, I guess you can do the rest in only eight days." Oh. <laughs> Oh, and goes oh. off again while they go and, and fly around the country. <laughs> I must admit, it was, I don't know if... It, well, I think it was when they were you going... You make no sense, countries. you make no sense, tell, tell, you make no sense. And I think it was around here when the, another, you know, we, I mentioned a couple of little cool things in there. Was, wasn't many of them, but little things that happened here and there. I liked how they were looking on the map and um, they were going from Colorado to, I can't remember what the other, what the neighbouring state was, but, um, and they, they said, oh, the because li- they were looking at a map, they were going, oh, the lines must have faded over time. I didn't see any lines on the road for um, for the borders. I thought that was kind of a cool thing, but, you know, there's only glimmers of this every Oh, yeah, there was a big, like, red line. But then I would have thought that with all the knowledge that johnny's been given uh he probably you know he, he knows all this stuff but doesn't know about the fact that you know sometimes maps have borderlines drawn on them that you can't see in real life you know he knows he knows um he, he knows geometry he knows all this stuff he knows the history of the planet almost he he, he knows about the 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 aliens' homeworld and the technology they're using. He knows all this stuff, but can't work out that the fact that that the line on a map is sim- simply an indication. Because <laughs> I think they're like, oh, where are we up to? I don't know. We haven't gone over a red line yet. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> so maybe these man animals are as stupid as they thought. Oh, they thought. I don't know. I think the makers of this movie, possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Quite possibly. But yeah, but then even there was a point like where um. John Travolta just stopped calling them man animals. I mean, he referred to Johnny as rat brain all the time. And then just referred to everybody else, just started referring to them as humans. It's like, when, when did they go from man animals to humans? Yeah, when did you, you finally know, make been calling that? them man animals for, what, a thousand years? <laughs> but the moment one of them gets a little bit smarter. When did you decide they were human? You know, I don't know. I don't know, but this is okay, because you make no sense! <laughs> And I think this would have been a time yes, where I yes. kept looking at my watch quite a lot going, oh my god, there better not oh. be much of this to go, even though there was. But it, it pretty much did become the, as we mentioned earlier, oh, you've taught him everything that he needs to know. I, he's now going to take over. So we were pretty much leading to that inevitable end or that climax, if you can if you can even say it was climactic. It just felt like they were going through the motions. I just wanted it to be over. Oh, god. Yeah, yeah, it's all like, it's almost like, 
click the cliche. Okay, the rebellion starts. Tick. They manage to uh, make a deal with John Travolta's sidekick, Boris Whitaker. Tick. Uh, the guards can shoot every human with pinpoint accuracy except for the hero. Tick. Hero's girlfriend says something about, I knew you were always destined for this. What? Tick. Um, we have a shot of Johnny running down between pillars, like very Matrix style in slow motion, while chips are flying off the concrete and there's dust coming up from the ground. And he's got the look on his face, the look on his face with his flowing locks <laughs> flowing behind him. Tick. We've got a guy who's got to do something to... He's got dynamite. He's got to blow up the dome. That doesn't quite work. So he makes the ultimate sacrifice and makes a noble sacrifice to bring the dome down. Tick. You've got the guy who's going to be teleported to the alien's home planet with the nuke. But oh, did you know what? At the last minute, John Travolta stops the teleporter. Oh, Tick. <laughs> And, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is what we had to endure. <laughs> I just... <sighs> oh. oh, but oh, God, when when they did get the nuke, I think what they were doing, they were preparing to teleport some more soldiers to Earth or whatever, but they had to teleport what was ever on the teleport pad to the home planet first, so the the, the guy who decided to sacrifice himself to set off the nuclear bomb just turns up on this teleporter pad in front of all these soldiers, and this one nuclear bomb obliterates the entire Cyclops home planet. It's like, that's not how they work. And a, again, we're bomb? talking about cheesy special effects, but... It's just, yeah, just the entire planet... Oh, there's something so cheesy about that, seeing that entire um, planet just go up in the flame. I'm like, oh, God, that's so tacky. <laughs> But uh, again, they could have made it look better, but as you said, or, or at least not make it obliterate like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah, nah, nah. I know this is a science fiction movie, and uh, you know, suspension of disbelief needs to be there. But some things it's like, nah, nah. And then of course, uh, even though like it looked like the aliens were still pretty much holding their own, and and despite the fact that the dome had been brought down and. Technically, the aliens couldn't breathe. It didn't really seem to slow them down too much until after the planet exploded. And then suddenly, all the humans are celebrating in the stirring music. And uh, despite the fact that Johnny and his girl had been talking about having kids not that much uh, earlier in the movie, they have one of the most chaste kisses I think I've seen <laughs> in a movie for oh, a very long time. Well, they did, didn't they get the award for the worst on-screen couple? Wasn't that one of the things from the Raspberry Awards, the Razzie Awards? So, yeah, there was just no chemistry between them whatsoever. Oh, that was John Travolta and everything yeah, that, that, was, that, that was John, that was John Travolta. <laughs> oh, I honestly think that yeah, would no, be no, one no, of the worst on-screen couples, if you can yeah. even say that. She pretty much, as you said, there's there's not really much that happens there between them, and, and she spends pretty much 90% of the movie with that big collar thing around her neck. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have, like, maybe about three scenes together in the entire movie. Uh, yeah, for some, we're supposed to be convinced that they're just... Uh, <laughs> Massive, lovey, lovey couple. And uh, speaking of John Travolta, because, you know, of course, of course Johnny managed to get the collar off uh, off, uh, off his girl and claps, like clamps it around John Travolta's <laughs> arm without John Travolta noticing. So when John Travolta decides to blow up the girlfriend, he blows his own arm off. Not that that seemed to be over a big, big concern for John Travolta, because when we see him again, locked up in a cave Fort Knox, again, reasons um, you know he, he doesn't seem to be particularly perturbed by the fact that, that his arm has been blown clean off <laughs> oh, I just love the shot when the actual just, blowing of the arm happened and he just has, yeah, he just kind of looks I, at it like oh. uh, 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 you shot my arm <laughs> it was just it's really it was really bad but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, like even earlier when, when John Travolta um, shoots Forrest Whitaker's hand off here yeah, it's just, it's just gone, like it's like a lump of wood or something. There's no blood. It's just, it's just not there anymore. 
Oh, they didn't have time to think about that. But I noticed that, as you said, with him being um, in Fort Knox or locked up at the very end, it does this really quick fade out and you just, you're thinking to yourself, yep, you were definitely counting on a sequel for this movie. Like, it felt like the story almost, even though I didn't care, it rounded up very quickly at the end, <laughs> that last little bit. But yeah, it almost just finished abruptly and that was it. That was it. And my thought was, and I know I'm going to have to use a beeper a few times in this, but Frankly, Christian, my first thought was, thank f- that's over. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I, don't, I can't promise I won't choose anything um, of its kind again, but I'll, I'll, I'll be wary in future. <laughs> really? Considering not a great deal actually happened in this movie, did you have anything else that you, you think that uh, we haven't touched on from our, uh, our movie experience? <laughs> oh, probably. Um, oh, no, I'll wait for this for the redeeming features section but um yeah nothing else to touch on we've, we've mentioned the guy's hair and we've mentioned john travolta's outfit yeah that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of most of my notes covered <laughs> but, but yes trevor let's not let's not try to speak of this i, I actually you, you know it's but I, I actually found that considering this is a positive considering the last movie batman vs superman dawn of justice i think from memory the um the end credits were very slow and not much happening i must admit the end credits of this being this sort of up-tempo actiony sort of score was probably one of the best best parts of the movie <laughs> maybe the fact that it was ending but yeah so at least at least the credits actually felt like it um was an up-tempo kind of action movie but um it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> reflect on the film itself but yeah <laughs> yeah um, for some reason the copy i had failed during the end credits, so uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the credits to the end. So, sounds like I missed I'm the best sure. part. Of the I movie. won't make you watch it again. So, <laughs> yes. on that note, as <laughs> if we need to, I think it's time to talk. Yeah, excellent. Yes, I think it's time to talk about redeeming or otherwise uh, features of this movie. So, you did pick this movie, uh, so I, uh, I shall go first. And um, yeah, as for redeeming parts of it. <laughs> okay, that's a bit done. This movie was bad. This movie was so, so bad. It, look, as bad science fiction goes, it makes Dracula 3000 seem a far better movie by, by comparison. And as for the length, Batman v Superman seemed shorter. This was just so badly put together, those stupid camera angles, terrible acting, and, and look, a lot of stuff that's in this movie, theoretically, it should have had some entertainment value by the sheer ridiculous things that they did in there, but it was too atrocious even to pull that off. There is nothing that redeems this movie. Not even the magic, silky, blonde, flowing locks of the good guy, which was by far the thing in this movie that had the most character. This is not redeemable. I'm never watching this pile of... Dirty, stinking ball sweat again. <laughs> oh, Trevor, gosh. Well, how, how can I top that? I probably can't. I could probably just nod in agreement with all of the stuff. Look, um, what? <laughs> probably in its defence, it's not as bad as its reputation suggests, but it's pretty bad. So I, I do feel that we have watched worse films. Definitely watch worse films, but um, yeah, this was very cheap. The size, of, uh, I'm not. Oh, yeah, really, yeah. I'm not, it's, it's not the worst movie that we've watched, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's, it's down there. <laughs> but um, but like, and I know we mentioned the sci-fi effects and things like that. Just felt cheap and tacky, and mm-hmm. even for early two thousands, I felt that it could have. Um, you know, looked a lot better and, and possibly if that all kind of played it a bit more like a comedy and a bit more tongue-in-cheek, it might have had a whole new fear and we'd appreciate it better. John Travolta just seemed like he was doing a Victorian drama the whole time or something with his accent. <laughs> that just didn't win me over. And um, we mentioned um, Johnny's long um, locks of hair. I believe they should have been awarded in some respect, so I don't know if, um, yeah, that's something that could be reviewed again. And probably the only redeeming feature I'd have to say, Trevor, is I love the boots that John Travolta wore. So, yeah. <laughs> this is not redeemable. <laughs> no, no. If there was any doubts, if anyone possibly had any doubts, um, which I, I highly <laughs> doubt anyone would, uh, yeah, this is such a non-redeemable movie. It's, it's it, nothing else we can say. Uh, look, before I, I go on to, uh, to to the five star reviews, which were very consistent in their comments, by the way. Um, we, we did put the call out for some other thoughts on Facebook, so we, we got some really good comments about this movie, so I'd, I'd just like to go through a few of those. 
uh, as I mentioned, uh, Susie, my wife, was watching it with us, uh, watching this with me. She referred to it as cinematic hell. Brett got in touch saying it's bad. <laughs> Jana uh, got on the Facebook page and said, if there was a time when I thought a lobotomy was a better option than watching a movie, this was that film. And added a bit later, imagine if Alien and Starship Troopies mated and the resultant child was Stephen Hawking, but without the genius, this is Battlefield Earth. And I'll finish up with Troy's comment, cinematic proof that you can't polish a turd. <laughs> it seemed quite unanimous. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I actually can't believe you could find a five-star review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think this pretty much encapsulates what the five-star review said. So, as we said, this is the Redeeming Features cast. We do try to end on a positive note, something redeemable, even if we could not redeem it. So, I went back to Amazon, and uh, this is a review I found. The title of this one is, If Rats Are Your Favourite Meal, This Movie Is For You! I don't like this movie because it's good. I like it because it's unbelievably terrible. You couldn't intentionally make a movie this bad. You start off in the beginning thinking, this could be interesting. After that initial thought is brutally beat down, you will continually, for the rest of the movie, find yourself thinking or saying aloud, really? Really? At some point, you may figure out the trend and start thinking, of course that's what they'd, they'd have happened, because that makes no sense to anyone ever. It's a must-see movie experience. Five stars. Uh, so they are going the angle of so bad it's good, I, I think, or, or ironically liking it. So um, that's probably the only way you should get a, a, a score that high. <laughs> oh, there was another one which was along those great lines of five stars. My husband liked it. <laughs> oh, there's always that one. Or oh, oh, like those ones that say, I bought the DVD for my friend. <laughs> Where can yeah. we go from here? <laughs> Oh dear, dear. I, th- I think uh, I think it's it's probably yeah. Well, I think it's probably a very wise move to move on from this movie as fast as possible. And uh, it is my turn. So uh, what we are doing? We're actually jumping one year on from this travesty, or perhaps travoltacy, <laughs> as you may want to call it, uh, to a movie that I personally have only really heard about. Uh, I actually have a very, very good friend who likes to reference this movie a fair bit as being bad, but it, it obviously made an impression on him. It actually got nominated for a number of awards, real ones. There's not a single Razzie nomination in, in the lot. And actually even has the likes of Alan Cumming and Rosario Dawson in the cast. So, But at the end of the day, like while I heard about this movie um, when it was on its way, it, it kind of just disappeared. It like, didn't make an impression at all. So, Christian, as inspired by you, my good friend, we're going to watch Josie and the Pussycats! Uh, yes, the podcast that doesn't exist. For those listening, I make references a lot to Josie and the Pussycats, thinking we have done it before, but we are going to tackle it. <laughs> I'm up for the challenge, Trevor, because I actually, I know you said you've only, you know, sort of only know a little bit about it, but I've actually seen it probably about two or three times. One I thought was for the Redeeming Features, but not. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again with my um, Rufus Project hat on. <laughs> and actually watching it <laughs> and actually doing no. a podcast for it. <laughs> there we go. So uh, so you can reference it in the future with the knowledge that, that we have actually done it, Christian. I thought I, I, it had to be done. <laughs> Definitely. Be. I'm up for that. Uh, now, if anyone out there wants to check out Josie and the Pussycats before the next podcast, yep, it's it's streamable on Foxtel Play and Stan. This is in Australia, by the way. Uh, or you can rent or buy it on iTunes. I'm sure overseas you've got uh, a number of more options where you can find this movie uh, because we're still quite limited in what we can access online in Australia. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we we uh, we are going to be back in a couple of weeks' time with uh, our thoughts on Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, oh gosh, we need it after the last two movies. You've, uh, you've built up my expectations. So we'll see <laughs> no, where that and, uh, and, and let's just hope the, the um, podcast that never was will. <laughs> I might come up with things that I wasn't even thinking that I'd apparently said. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching something a little bit different. 
Absolutely. And of course, if you have any redeeming features or otherwise for Josie and the Pussycats from 2001, or uh, if you think uh, you have any comments on Battlefield Earth, do you think we were too harsh? Do you think it's so bad that even uh, even my uh, summary of it was too generous? Please let us know. It's super easy to contact us. You can head to our homepage, rufusproject.com, and leave a comment below this very episode. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook. Just search up the Rufus Project on either of those. You can even send us an email to podcast at rufusproject.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you, along with uh, any movies that you think uh, would be uh, an interesting challenge for us to take on. We're always open to requests and ideas from you guys as well. Definitely. And, and I think it's probably a good time to also mention the What the History podcast that Trevor runs with his um, wife, Susie. I thoroughly recommend that for um, something a little bit different to the Rufus Project. Oh, thank you for that. There you go. Um, and, and that can be found at wthpod.rufusproject.com. And yes, it's a very short little podcast. It only goes for about 20 minutes and uh, contains a couple of bizarre bits of history each episode. Um, to make you say what the history. So uh, thank you for mentioning that, Christian, and uh, I shall return the favour. Christian um, is also quite uh, well known for running classic movie and music events around Brisbane. So what do you have coming up for us? Oh, well, so many different things. As we get into winter, we've got, uh, we're bringing back a lot of 80s movies. We've got like Labyrinth, Goonies, Gremlins, Neverending Story, all sorts of things like that. Um, Kate Bush, The Day in the Park, which I think I mentioned last podcast. So we're trying to fill Bedford Park Spring Hill with as many people dressed in Kate Bush red dresses reenacting the Wuthering Heights video. We got 150 last year in the pouring rain. Let's see what we can achieve this year. That's on the 15th of July. Um, some 60s and 70s and 80s events coming up at New Farm Bowls Club, but probably best to head to christianfletcher.com or suss me out on Facebook for upcoming events, because there's heaps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's always, uh, if you can get along to a Christian Fletcher event, I can highly recommend it. They're always absolutely awesome, awesome fun. Now, also, um, some of you may be aware, we have a YouTube channel. Um, I uh, am kind of uh, am using that a bit more now. Thankfully, at long last, and uh, I'm, I'm focusing on retro gaming experiences. So if you head there, I've had a series of videos called the One Credit Challenge that I've been putting up, where I've been playing old arcade games and seeing how well I can do with just one credit. That's uh, lots of fun. Uh, also a bit of trivia and history about those games as well, for those keen. And uh, I'm looking at what else I can use, because... Uh, I finally got an internet upgrade and I can actually do things like stream things to YouTube. It's very exciting and I'm looking forward to seeing what I can do there. So if you've got any suggestions or things you'd like to see on the Rufus Project YouTube channel, we'd love to hear about that too. So definitely get in touch. Oh, fantastic. And like always, Trevor, even if the movies aren't very good, the chat always is. Absolutely. So uh, we could not redeem Battlefield Earth. Oh, boy. But uh, we will see how we go with Josie and the Pussycats next time. So uh, until then, uh, enjoy watching whatever you watch, and uh, we'll chat to you next time. See you, Christian. Thanks, Trevor. See you later. For every band, there is a moment when they know they have made it. For one band, this is not that moment. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're a great crowd. Okay, girls, we need the lane now. And your shoes. They were three small-town girls with big-time dreams. Who's a rock star? I am. Who wanted to share their music with the world. We can't sit around here waiting for it to happen. We are musicians. We should be out there playing music. We do play. Nobody believed in them. You know, you suck. <laughs> but they believed in themselves. We're special. Yeah, special Ed. <laughs> Now, in a world of tough competition, and that is so sad. Fate is giving the Pussycats the chance of a lifetime. We'd love for you to sign with Mega Records. How am I gonna pull this off? I'm a girl from Riverdale. I'm not a rock star. You gotta believe in yourself. Things are finally going their way. But between the mania... Is that Joseph? They're gonna be huge! The managers... We decide everything!
everything. What's hot and what's not. Welcome to your party. Who else thinks that Fiona's a freak? And the media. We're going to be on TRL. Mm-hmm. Yeah! This may be the toughest gig they've ever played. Have you noticed that everything has sort of become all about Josie? Josie. 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 Josie! I made you a rock star. Tell me you don't love that. Forget it. You know, I never liked you. No matter what happens, we will always be friends first. Are you going to kill me with the guitar? You messed with the wrong pussycat. My bad. Josie and the Pussycats. Boy, oh boy. Redeeming teachers. 